Happy Families podcast. It's the podcast for the time-poor parent who just wants answers now. You treat the family home as the nest that the parents fly away from and return to. And so therefore, the kids have that stability at all times. The kids don't leave home. And now here's the stars of our show, my mum and dad. Hey, did you notice that uh, the floor is really clean? I've been vacuuming. It does look very clean. I've been asking the children for two weeks to vacuum my office. Oh, they must have just provided you with the space to realise you could do it for yourself. <laughs> oh, yeah, right. Well, it's been done and um, and it's really nice. I think that it's probably been... I shouldn't say it would be embarrassing if I said how long it's been since my office was vacuumed. I think it might be a bit embarrassing okay. if you did tell everybody. Let's move on. My name's Dr. Justin Coulson. I'm the... Um, oh, gosh, I can't even remember what I am. You've, you've distracted me. I'm the cleaner around here. Well, there's some cleaning that needs to be done upstairs when you're finished. I'm the tidy up guy. Uh, The author of six books about raising happy families and the founder. None of of them are about cleaning, though. (laughs) Happyfamilies.com. Hey, I talk about chores, happyfamilies.com.au. I talk about chores in my books. That you make your kids do. Well, obviously. Do you have a chore list? My chore list is unending. It's like the laundry pile. It just keeps on getting bigger and bigger and bigger. When I'm, let's not let's not have that conversation. We've got to talk. I, so, And you're Kylie. You're my wife, mum to our six kids and uh, a bit of an antagonist today, I get the feeling. Well, I'm not an afterthought. No, 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 definitely not. Uh, it's, hey, so every Tuesday, we have uh, an important conversation. We answer a listener question uh, and, and, and we have got an absolute doozy today. This is a really tough one. It's not going to be applicable to every family, but there are a lot of families, especially at this time of year, uh, who have to navigate the fact that they're, they're not constructed how they once were. There's been a split. And this question comes from Di. She said, my ex and I have been amicably separated, divorced for four years and have share care of our son. I have him most of the time. My ex-husband has mental illnesses and adult ADHD. His home is filthy and he has no boundaries for our son. He acknowledges he can't break out of the challenging cycle he is in, but I can only do so much and he only accepts so much help. There's no real engagement when he's at his dad's. No accountability, no parenting happening, and I know it's not coming from a malicious place. It's because my ex simply cannot do it. He doesn't have the capacity. How can I work with my ex? Some strategies he and or I can employ to make sure what needs to happen does. Okay, so not every family that has gone through a separation is going to be in exactly the same context. So what I think we should do is just bring this back a little bit. I mean, it's so tough. It is it's so hard. And what I love about this particular letter is that the relationship's amicable and you can actually hear our letter writer. You can hear Di giving her ex-husband the benefit of the doubt and acknowledging how he's trying and the fact that they, are, they, they do want to be on the same page. They want to get this right. They want to look after their son. And this is a really big protective factor, the fact that both – parents, even though they're not living in the same household, want the best for their kids. But let's bring this back a little bit because, like I said, lots of families are in a similar situation in that there's a separation and, well, I guess, how would you say it? Not not on the same page or not able to execute the supposedly agreed upon parenting strategy with the same amount of effectiveness from one household to the next? Well, that happens in one house though, doesn't it? Yes, we can have two parents living under the same roof yes. who aren't on the same page. So yes. I think that the things that we talk about can be applicable in many different situations. Like trying to work out who should be doing what chores. Like vacuuming your office. Like the expectations on children for developmentally appropriate tasks. Mm, okay. <laughs> so, so let's bring this back down. We've got, we've got one house that is so very different. 
how do we manage it? And and where does the child find the truth that in this case uh, a, a young teenage boy needs? Like how do you co-parent assuming there's no malice? I think we've got to look at the foundations first. And and what I really like about this letter and what I can hear in this in this email is that we've got two parents who still have a good relationship, even though they're no longer together. Two parents who have a desire to make it work. And the other thing that came out in the email is that mum has majority care for her son. So a few years ago, I wrote an article about what I call the seven C's. Seven. Not the seven C's that you sail on, because that would be very funny, but rather the seven C's of separation and divorce. But there are seven C's that you sail on. I, I don't actually know how many. I se- think there's seven C's. People talk about the seven C's. Yeah. But these are seven C's of separation and divorce. So funny. You and, and your alliteration. And if you can sail on these seven C's, well, <laughs> I just like it when things work like that. So so let's go through. You've got to box everything, don't you? <laughs> I just, it all has it to works. fit in a box. Seven things that start with C. How hard can it be? Oh, see what I did there? <laughs> I'm a poet and I didn't even realise I could rhyme like that. Oh, you're <laughs> so funny. All so, right. What's your seven C's? First C is closeness. To the extent possible... You're going to co-parent more effectively if you live close by. Like, it's it's just good for the kids to not have to... Like, in, well, they're not going into completely different environments. They're in, in the same neighbourhood. Right. They go to the same parks. Extracurricular activities, friends, friends, school, all that sort of stuff. Try and stay nearby. That's the, the. This is one of the foundational things that I'd be worried about. Now, obviously, Di's not asking about are we living close enough together. It's more about how do I help my ex to raise our son safely and healthily, but these seven C's all tie in to getting the foundations right so then we can worry about the parenting stuff next. So the second of the seven C's is the Atlantic. I'm just kidding. It's caregiving. Children and parents do better when parenting is shared. They, they actually do. And so if, if dad is only getting his son on weekends and holidays and mum's doing the daily grind – then dissatisfaction and resentment are going to build. And that's pretty much what's going on for Di. What we didn't read out from the email was that 14-year-old son is staying up all night gaming. There are no boundaries. He's, it's like Disneyland dad. And so son starts to think mum's no fun. And so the relationship there can be damaged while dad's the party guy who lets me do whatever I want. So we've got closeness, stay nearby, caregiving, make sure that it's shared, but it's got to You've, that, that's where you've got to be able to work together and get things right. If you can't, we've got to look at other things. Next, we've got to keep the conflict down. It sounds like that's happening here, but it's so important that we speak positively about one another, particularly when we're talking to the kids. The next C is change. Kids don't respond to this kind of change well. It's really, really hard, so they need plenty of transition time. The next is cash. If one house is swimming in and the other house is not, which often happens, unequal living standards can, can really make things awkward. Then we've got communication. We've got to be able to communicate really well. And the final C of separation divorce is an unfortunate reality, and that's court and coming up with agreements that are court-mandated so that everyone can be safe. Now, that's the foundational underpinning for how we move to the next level, which responds to Di's questions around helping a husband who's not fulfilling his parental obligations to get on the right page or at least to improve the way he's parenting. We're going to talk about that next. It's the Happy Families Podcast. For a happier family, try a Happy Families membership because a happy family doesn't just happen. Details at happyfamilies.com.au. It's the Happy Families Podcast, the podcast for the time-poor parent who just wants answers now. And today we're hopefully answering Di's question. She's got a doozy today. 
Yeah, how do we get both houses operating in sync or how do we help our children to manage when they don't? Oh, by the way, those seven C's of separation and divorce, we'll link to that article in the show notes so that you can have a much closer look at that if it's applicable to you. So, so when I look at this letter, as I've already said, the protective factors are there, but there's also some risk factors and that's the inattention. You might even say the neglect on dad's part. And he's well-intended. It's not malicious. He just doesn't seem to have the capacity to look after himself, let alone look after his son. And kids need safe, predictable parents and role models. If your child is in the care of an adult, that adult has to be able to look after them. And if they can't, we need to have some really hard conversations. Like, I don't think there's an easy way through this, but there are some creative ways through it. So let's just be really emphatic about a couple of things. First of all, in life, there are um, there are optional relationships and there are non-optional relationships. And the people that you live with, the people that you're related to, the people that, that you come into contact with consistently, mainly for biological reasons, they're primarily non-optional. Now, it's true that every relationship ultimately is optional, but we know from decades of research that our kids have got to be connected to their kids. So I'm going to say that Divorced dad is still a non-optional relationship so long as he's safe, so long as he's non-abusive, so long as the child is not going to be neglected and harmed by being in his presence. So if that relationship is non-optional, what we've got to do is try to find ways that a child can have time with that parent in ways that work for the whole family. And I guess if you think about what the objective is, is it so that you can have time out? Is that why you send your child over to dad's place? Is it because you want your child to have a relationship with dad? And if that's the answer, then it's a totally different conversation that we can have. Because all of a sudden, we can actually think outside the box. I hear so much compassion in what she's saying. There's an acknowledgement that dad is really trying, but he just can't do what we're asking of him. You know what I'm worried about when I hear that, though? I, I, I know that I want to help die, but I'm thinking about the pressure that looking after the son is having on dad. If he's got these mental health challenges and he knows he's not measuring up, he knows he's actually failing and neglecting his son, what's that doing to him? So I I agree with you. If it's not about getting your own respite, and let's face it, it's nice to have a bit of respite, but if it's not about that, if it's about building the relationship, what other ways can we develop the relationship without putting our son into a potentially neglectful or even unsafe situation? I just had a random idea as I was as I was reading out, you know, Di's concerns mm. and it just kind of occurred to me that if dad's not capable of doing it and there's this beautiful amicable relationship, maybe dad has a sleepover instead of the son having a sleepover. If there's a spare room, can dad come and stay so that he gets time with his son in a safe environment? He doesn't have the main responsibility of taking care of the son, but mum still can kind of take a breather because she doesn't have to be 100% Mm, on. mm, mm. You you know, there's something, uh, I I read an article a while back and I've been looking into this a little bit uh, when I've talked to families in these situations. I can't remember exactly what it's called, but it's something, it has something to do with like nested parenting or what it basically is, is you treat the family home as the nest that the parents fly away from and return to. And, And so therefore the kids have that stability at all times. The kids don't leave home. 
but the parents swap use of the home. So maybe mum has the master bedroom, that's always her space, and dad comes in on the weekends and he stays in the rumpus room or in the spare room or whatever, and he has the care of the kids while mum, well, maybe she's got a a unit, a townhouse down the road or something like that where she gets to have her time out or perhaps she just lives her life in a different part of the house when dad's around. Now, now that takes the relationship to a whole nother level, but that's kind of, I guess, uh, that's an extension of what you're talking about. Yeah, and and obviously... Not going to work for everyone. It isn't going to work for everyone. Totally understand that. But just... Don't want the ex snooping around in your drawers to find out what you've been up to while they're not there. No, but I just, I'm listening to, you know, her heart and knowing that, you know, it's so important for her son to have a relationship with his dad, but there's just an acknowledgement that he doesn't have the same capacities. Yeah. Number one, this means that the rules of the house remain the rules of the house, whether dad's there or not, there are certain rules that are are enforced. However, just like when your kids have a sleepover, you might relax the rules a little bit. Yeah, okay, you can do your video games till 10 o'clock tonight. We normally shut everything down by 8.30 or whatever, but dad's here and you guys can have a play. But it's not that the rules are being literally obliterated. It's just an acknowledgement that tonight we can be a little bit more relaxed about them. I think if I was to sum all of this up, children need a relationship with both biological parents, if it's possible and safe. And safety is the critical thing. If there's going to be any damage to the child because of different boundaries or a lack of boundaries. Or more tension as a result. Then then we need to negotiate and navigate things accordingly. But I also think it's worth highlighting, even though there is an ideal parenting style, and I'm very clear about that, and the research is as well, that doesn't mean that somebody who doesn't quite fit the ideal can't still do a good enough job raising their kids, especially if they only have part-time occasional care. And and I, I think my final message would be, this could just be a question of control. Now, if it was only a five-year-old or a nine-year-old, I'd feel differently, but we're talking about a 14-year-old in this situation. If your kids are younger, we've got genuine issues of neglect and therefore appropriate measures need to be taken to keep kids safe, which might mean restricting dad's access or coming up with other creative ways for the child to be involved in dad's life because we don't want to remove him entirely. That's going to take a terrible toll on dad's mental health and it's bad for the kids. We want to have them together. We've just got to find a a good way to navigate it. In this case, we've got a 14-year-old and and I'm actually kind of thinking, so long as he's not coming home with toxic messages, so long as there are some guidelines, some boundaries, and we know that he's not being harmed, I'm going to suggest that it could also be a question of control when it comes to older kids. Well, we... We touched on this a little bit in yesterday's podcast, just this acknowledgement that it can be really, really hard to let go. Yeah. And and just that question around, is what's happening in dad's home destructive or is it actually going to harm their son? Or is it just an acknowledgement that in different homes, there are different rules? It's happening a different way to what you'd like. Yeah. And as long as mum is consistent with what she does- and dad is consistent, which he clearly is. <laughs> consistent with his inconsistency. Yeah. There, there doesn't need to be any confusion. And, and it really is about how we talk to our children. You know, what happens in dad's home mm. is up to dad. He's the rule maker in that home. But in our home, these are our rules and this is what we do in our home. Yeah. One of my notes that I'd written down was you've just got to talk, talk with your son, make sure that your son understands what's going on in an appropriate way so that we're not making it out to be that dad's suddenly the demon dad and mum's the, uh, the, the, the wonderful angelic mum getting it all right. We, we want to be, be charitable, which is definitely coming across in the email. Yeah. So the take-home message, if he's safe, let it go. Because what's worse, 
fighting about it, pulling your child away from dad, or just recognizing that there are certain limits to how effectively dad can do this and this is as good as it's going to get. And maybe I guess the second take home would be just an acknowledgement that there isn't one way to do things. Maybe looking outside the box yeah. and seeing if there's another way that you can set everybody up for success. Sleepovers, hanging out at the hotel room. I mean, that's kind of- Camping would actually be awesome because there's no games there when, you, when you're yeah, out in the bush. Probably not. Well, it depends on whether you've got 5G or not. We really <laughs> hope that you've enjoyed this podcast and that it's been helpful, especially if you're in one of these kinds of very tricky situations. The Happy Families podcast is produced by Justin Rulon from Bridge Media. Craig Bruce is our executive producer. And if you'd like more info about making your family happier, because a happy family doesn't just happen, please visit us at happyfamilies.com.au. Happy Families.